guys. Welcome back to the Allergic to Grace podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Whitney. We're so glad you joined in to listen today. If you would like to get notifications of our latest episodes and want to join us on our journey through Exodus, be sure to give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. We are on most podcast platforms. Just search Allergic to Grace to find us. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about Exodus chapters 21 through 23. But to pick up where we left off last week, let's quickly recap what we found in chapters 18 through 20. Moses reunites with his father-in-law, who gives him great advice on how to move forward settling disputes among the Israelite people. The people of Israel travel to the wilderness of Sinai, and Moses takes his first trip up the mountain to speak with God. God tells Moses to tell the people that if they keep his covenant, they will be his treasured people, and the people agree. God gives instruction on how the people should prepare and consecrate themselves for his presence on Sinai. God descends on Sinai and delivers the Ten Commandments to the people. The people receive them and tell Moses to be the mediator because they no longer want God to directly speak to them. Right directly no no god just laid out all of these commandments for us um we no longer want him to talk don't, to us please don't talk to us please <laughs> leave a message <laughs> with moses right and he'll he can let us know that's so crazy and then we'll do it yes that was the end of chapter 20 so at the actually at the end of chapter 20 um it kind of goes into a little bit about what the next couple of chapters are which are like the nitty-gritty details yeah. of the rules and the I guess like the specifics. I guess. I I don't know. So at the end of 20, they actually went into a little bit of detail on altars and how they were supposed to be set up and what they're supposed to be made of and what they're supposed to do with them. And what you're not supposed to do with them, what you're how you're not supposed to do them. Exactly. So for so, more details, just go back an episode and listen to that. Please. Um, <laughs> in chapter 21, we see, you know, Moses is still atop Mount Sinai. He is directly speaking with God. The people of Israel cannot hear what God is saying to correct. Moses. They did hear the Ten Commandments, but they can't hear the specific nitty-gritty yes. details. My Bible, no. Enduring Word did a really good... Um, kind of breakdown of the conversations that happen in the next couple chapters because 21 through 23 are like the nitty gritty law details about certain situations, yes. certain things, certain interactions, whatever. And again, within, this is not an inclusive thing. No, but it's within the Israelite society. Yes. So anyway, um, so in 21, we see the law for judges, the law and slavery, the law and bond slaves, marriage and slavery, murder and manslaughter, capital offenses, personal injury law to free men and slaves, the law and restitution and personal injury on the job. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they break it down. Call like Snyder and Associates. <laughs> <laughs> Injured at work. <laughs> <laughs> no sponsors. Right. We are not sponsored by Edgar Snyder. <laughs> so starting off 21. Yeah. With laws about slaves. Now, before we even, I guess, get into like what this says, I immediately was like, what? So I had to do some research. I'm talking about laws about slaves. Yes. So before we get into the actual detail of the slaves, the first verse says, now these are the rules that you shall set before them, right? My Bible says the word translated rules could also be rendered as rulings or judgments, i.e. decisions by a judge that could be used to mediate particular disputes between people in Israel. Now, God is giving Moses the nitty gritty details because he has picked out certain members of society to be those head judges. Yes. So he doesn't have to do it all by himself. Correct. So this is why 
it's set up in such a way that it's talking about the disputes that could happen within the Israelite community. To know how to resolve them so that, again, like you said, Moses doesn't have to do it by himself. Exactly. Now, the slavery that is talked about in the Bible is not the terribleness slavery that we know in American society. It's not modern slavery. No. And slavery was not invented by the Bible. Just putting that out there. Um, it was here long before the Bible and it stayed long after the Bible, clearly. So just talking out loud here. But the slaves that we're talking about in 21, we'll get down to who they are and all of that stuff, is mostly talking about the laws that protect them from brutality in a way. They protect the yes. slaves because, mm-hmm. mind you, the Israelite people were slaves. Correct. So since you said that, I have something from theologyofwork.org. It says, although God liberated the Hebrews from slavery in Egypt, slavery is not universally prohibited in the Bible. Slavery was permissible in certain situations so long as slaves were regarded as full members of the community, received the same rest periods and holidays as non-slaves, and were treated humanely. Mm -hmm. Most importantly, slavery among Hebrews was not intended as a permanent condition, but a voluntary temporary refuge for people suffering what would otherwise be desperate poverty. Yes. So basically... It is a long-term job contract. It is. Is what it is. It is. It's not like we, like that explanation said slavery and we're going to, you're going to hear the term slavery, slavery, slavery over and over again, but it's not slavery in the sense that we know slavery to be. Slavery in terms of the Bible, these people are not prisoners of war correct because let's be honest that's what slavery in america kind of was Mm -hmm. they were prisoners of war specifically set apart based on a superficial thing exactly such as skin color Mm -hmm. and were mistreated in america exactly that's not what we're talking about here. no and the bible still views these the people as people not as property yes 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 (laughs) yes we'll get to it but Mm -hmm. yeah and I actually there are well I mean several we'll there's several ways that a person be, can become a slave in this society. Correct. So enduring word said that there was four basic ways a Hebrew might become a slave to another Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Extreme poverty, like you said, they may sell their liberty. Um, a father may sell a daughter as a servant to a home with the intention that she would eventually marry into that family. Yeah. The case of bankruptcy, a man might become a servant to his creditors. If a thief had nothing to which pay the proper restitution. So if a thief was caught and he could not pay his restitution, he would have to sell himself into slavery to pay that restitution Mm -hmm. instead of being killed. Um, And then it goes on to say the ideas of man stealing and lifelong servitude, the concepts many have of slavery, simply do not apply to the practice of slavery of the Old Testament. Normally, slavery was chosen or mutually arranged of limited duration and highly regulated. And that highly regulated part is what we're going to kind of delve into exactly exactly so so again slavery and i think that's just something you have to continually consciously remind yourself when you're reading especially this this part is it's not civil war slavery that we're thinking about here so just keep that in mind yep 
So 21 starts off, says, now these are the rules that you shall set before them. When you buy a Hebrew slave, he shall serve six years. And in the seventh, he shall go out free for nothing. If he comes in a single, if he comes in single, he shall go out single. If he comes in married, then his wife will go out with him. If his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters and he shall go out alone. But if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him to God and he shall bring him to the door of the doorpost and his master shall bore his ear through with an owl and he shall be his slave forever. So within that first section of verses, we see that duration part. Yeah. You you can purchase a Hebrew slave. However, a Hebrew becomes a slave to another Hebrew. There are those four main ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the duration is not lifelong servitude. Correct. It is you will serve for six years and on the seventh, you will go out free or nothing. Yes. So like you said, it's like a long-term contract. Exactly. And now I believe, and we may get to this further, but I believe at the end of that, for lack of a better term, contract or the end of that the, that six years, if you wanted to stay longer, they have a choice. you could choose to stay longer. Yes. So with that, the understanding that a person becomes a servant or a slave in a household, they're given food, they're given shelter, they're given clothing, they are provided for. They are not... Um, Otherwise being left to starve to death or to not have any shelter or to become, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Taken advantage of. Yes. For like women, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's not so far fetched that a person who wants to keep his family together would Would agree to stay forever as a servant in that household. Yes. So my Bible, and I'm sure your study Bible have the exact same note, but on um, verses five through six, it said that was a was the most common reason that people became slaves to employ a destitute person as a slave could be seen as a benevolent act as it guaranteed him food and shelter and some income. The security provided by a good employer could lead some slaves to choose to remain in that status permanently. Yep. And let's go back to and maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but back to Abraham's wife after Sarah died. Yeah. That's how he obtained her. Yep. And we'll talk about that in further detail in the next couple of verses. But yeah. So if a person freely chose to stay a slave to their master forever, whether that be because they want to or that they don't want to leave their wife and children or whatever reason, the, what is it called? Not ritual, but... The practice. Practice. process event the event the spectacle i don't know (laughs) right like how the oh my goodness what is the word my tongue (sighs) ceremony yes the ceremony (laughs) the ceremony that would occur would be the master the person who is over the slave i guess i hate using this terminology but whatever um would take the slave to the doorpost, as in the frame of the door. Mm-hmm. And do you know what an owl looks like? I it's don't spelled know anything A-W-L. about this. Yes. Okay. Have you ever shucked um, oysters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks like that. Oh no no no! That but it's not, giant pointy thing. Yeah, Ooh. but it's not like curved, like 
shucking oyster things No, are. It's, it's like a, a straight, straight pin. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm picturing. Uh-huh. That's exactly what it is. It's like mm. a straight pin. It's usually Good. used to burrow holes in like leather or stuff like that. Love like that it's a for them. Tool. Um, so what they would do is they'd take them to the doorpost and they would stick it through their ear into the doorpost and take it back out. And then usually they would have, I did research on this, mm-hmm. so it's it's not biblically referenced, but usually they would have like like a earring or something that identified that person. Not like a tag you put on cattle, but it would be, so the hole doesn't close up. It was just that person belongs to this this household as they're yeah and they're permanent they're, they're not permanent. temporary exactly. they're going to remain here They'll exactly be here. that's why they had to put something in it because if not it would It'll close. close shut so so kind of like a gauge like gauge kind of ears. like a gauged but it's not it's just one ear and it's not yeah it's just like a hole it's just a hole yeah like a gauged like clear gauged ear yeah is one picture yeah or maybe like a hoop or like just something something and to keep in mind anyway. and i i just thought of this and was it in Genesis where, or maybe I'm thinking of other references, but like having an ear piercing was considered to be like finery. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. Were. Yeah. Nose piercings were too, but like piercings in general. I don't remember. Were. Um, so <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of information about the ceremony of piercing a slave's ear and all of this stuff, but it really all references back to the cross exactly so the doorpost is wood it's made of wood jesus was nailed to a cross a Mm -hmm. lot of the terminology that's used in this is talking about the owls that were driven through christ's wrists and his feet when he was nailed to the cross um so the servant he came to serve christ came to serve he did not come to be served same similar to the slave who decides of free choice to to stay christ also chose to be crucified for your sins so the door symbolizing that choice that yes. you can leave or you can stay yeah it's that threshold symbol sim- yeah. symbolism that we talked yes. about a couple episodes ago um the ear was symbolic of obediently hearing and obeying the lord okay. as in like your master yes. but still mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. that was good moving on from that we kind of get into the specifics a little bit. So when a man sell his, sells his daughter as a slave, she shall not go out as the male slaves do. If she does not please her master who has designated her for himself, then he shall let her be redeemed. If he shall have no right to sell her. Mm, let me start over. It's, it's hard to read yes. out loud. When a man sells his daughter as a slave, she shall not go out as the male slaves do. If she does not please her master who has designated her for himself, then he shall let her be redeemed. He shall have no right to sell her to a foreign people since he has broken faith with her. If he designates her for his son, he shall deal with her as a daughter. If he takes another wife to himself, he shall not diminish her food or clothing or her marital rights. And if he does not do these three things for her, she shall go out for nothing without payment of money. So acquiring a woman as a slave with the intention of marrying her. So when a man sells his daughter as a slave, there could be a multitude of reasons of why a plethora. a person would do that as in maybe he couldn't afford to pay i don't know the bride tax or whatever it was called um or maybe he wasn't capable of finding her a suitable husband or maybe she was older and 
not as desirable. I mean, at at the end of the day, it's another mouth to feed living in your household. I mean, you hate to say it like that, but But if you have younger children or whatever, and it's time for her to like the part, if she does not please her master who has designated her for himself, then he shall let her be redeemed. Did you find anything about that? I was, when I first read it and when I'm hearing it now, I just keep thinking like he, he'll let her, he just lets her go, like redeemed, like be free. You go. Because well, it see, said like, it, then it goes, you can't sell her to a foreigner. So then it says you can't sell her off. Yeah. It says if a poor family could not afford the cost of a normal wedding, the father might sell his daughter to a rich man as a slave, i.e. a second wife. As wives from poor families, they could face exploitation, exploitation, thank you, which these laws aim to prevent. Yeah, because I have two, I can't remember if I read it, I think it was in the study section of my Bible or if it was from theologyofwork.org, but buying a female as a wife slash slave, the money that that, like you said, I hate to keep using this terminology, but it's biblical and it's not meant in the modern slavery sense but the master or the man that was buying this woman the money that he was paying to the father of the female servant or female slave was similar to that of a dowry yeah so i think because it says if she does not please her master who has designated her for himself then he shall let her be redeemed as in if she is unpleasing to the person who purchased her because yes. it was the purchase of I'm going to marry you. Yeah. If she is unpleasing to him, then she shall be redeemed as in she shall be given back the the wife of a son. Maybe okay. because it follows up with the wife of a son be redeemed in that she has a redemptive opportunity mm-hmm. to become a wife to someone else perhaps i'm not yeah i don't sure. i don't know that's what sorry i was listening i was just looking to see because i kept a lot of my sources up in case i needed to reference something else while we were looking at this but i don't so it says for the and the enduring word says then she shall go out free without paying money if the household failed in their obligations toward the girl received into the home with the expectation of future marriage she was granted freedom these were remarkable protections of ones who might be disadvantaged the girl in this circumstance out of her birth home released by her natural parents had no natural protector in that society god directed the judges of israel to be her protector so i feel like that's that i mean these are difficult chapters in my opinion yeah they're just very hard it's hard because like you're trying to interpret but it's i mean i'm not saying this to be disrespectful but it's dry the wording is difficult to get through and it's just a lot it doesn't really apply nowadays not so much not so much not so much okay moving on (laughs) Hmm. so then we get into cruelty um with slavery yes yes whoever strikes a man so that he dies shall be put to death but if he did not lie and wait for him but god let him fall into his hand then i will point for you a place am i reading in the right place yeah yeah see you mm-hmm. yeah start over 
Whoever strikes a man so that he dies shall be put to death. But if he did not lie in wait for him, but God let him fall into his hand, then I will point for you a place to which he may flee. But if a man willfully attacks another to kill him by cunning, you shall take him from my altar that he may die. Basically, if it's an accidental thing. If it's first degree murder, you get death. Mm-hmm. As in you strategically planned and carried out premeditated the cunning premeditated like you planned you set out to kill this person you wait you lied and wait for them and killed them yeah but if it's something like self-defense or an accident like you said god will appoint a place for them to flee yeah so that they don't die exactly and so i saw a couple things whenever i was reading in a couple different places i think maybe enduring word biblenotes.com or biblesays.com excuse me that when he's talking about i will point a place for you which he may flee there he's talking about i will show you a city where he can go for refuge until it's time for his trial like he's still going to go to trial to be you know judged or whatever but it's going to be fair and it's going to be just and so rather than having him be wherever the i don't know the incident or whatever occurred Mm -hmm. that people might come after him out of anger or whatever they're kind of giving him a safe giving them a safe place to go until it's time for his trial okay yeah that makes sense so that makes sense um yeah that's pretty self-explanatory yeah i think so so whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death you kill your parents you shall die Mm -hmm. um Whoever steals a man, which, by the way, going back to the f- the first one about the first degree murder. Yeah. That's still how the death penalty is talk- talked about in certain states. Yep. Like, if it's deemed to be first degree murder, you can be up for the death penalty. FYI. Um, yes. <laughs> just in mm-hmm. case you were ever planning on murdering someone. Don't do it. It's <laughs> a direct violation of one of the commandments. It is. So whoever steals a man and sells him and anyone found in possession of him shall be put to death. So... This is going to, I guess, looking at modern, what we consider modern slavery. If we were going off biblical text in the judgment of the people, of the slave owners of the South, like they would all be dead. Exactly. Exactly. And even now, like people stealing children for the sex trade. Exactly. You're done. Dead. Like, Mm -hmm. because they were found in possession of them. So they were stolen from their homeland, sold to people who were found in possession. So everybody there. So the person who bought the person and the person who stole the person, they both gonna die. Did. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. Okay. Curses and says or dishonors. I'm dead. I don't. I mean, I didn't do any research on that one. So... And I'm not really sure exactly because there's there's not what's I think what's difficult for me in this particular section where we're talking about laws about slaves and then we're going into talking about your mother and father. And it's there are no at least in my Bible, there are no like subtitles to differentiate where the laws about the slaves are done. But in the middle of all this, we have honoring your mother and your father. It jumps around and that kind of thing. Okay, so I have this is really all I have about honoring your father and mother on a specific verse. See, it's so hard to tell because do we talk about honoring your father and mother anywhere else in here? I don't think so. 17 was it 21 17? Yeah, because then we start talking about restitution, social justice. All right, so bibletools.org. Yeah, I like them. Um, this is a commentary by John Reitenbach 
I'm not saying that right. Yeah. Physically mm-hmm. striking or verbally abusing a parent who is a parent is no different to God than murder. They are capital crimes worthy of death. Maltreatment of a parent through striking or cursing is placed on a par with murder and kidnapping and is punished in the same way, death. The word curse simply means to belittle, to make light of, or to com- to be contemptuous of. In the book of Matthew, as Jesus was giving the Sermon on the Mount, he says, you have heard that it was said by them of old time, you shall not kill, and who shall ever kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever say to his brother shall be raka, I don't know what that means, shall be in danger of the council. Okay. Raka means empty handed, empty headed moron. (laughs) It is a form of cursing, belittling, or speaking contemptuously of the person who says this shall be in danger of the council. Were a child to speak contemptuously or of consider of or to consider his parents to be foolish puts him in danger of the death penalty. Oh shoot. Cursing is placed on on par with murder. And there's a reason why, because it proceeds from the same attitude of heart. Thus, it is punishable by death. So, yeah, me and you both would be done. Yeah. Dead. Yeah, I just had honor your father and your mother means being respectful in word and in action. Oh, this is from Got Questions. Mm -hmm. Being respectful in word and action and having an inward attitude of esteem for their position. I don't know why that's thrown there in the middle of the laws about slaves. (laughs) whatever but it is i did not do any research into why that was there to be perfectly honest with you like i said i mean this chapter especially it jumps around it does and because there are no like subtitles to to, like i guess differentiate yeah yeah it was difficult yeah so but anyway so the next one says when men quarrel and one strikes the other with a stone or with his fist and the man does not die but takes to his bed then if the man rises again and walks outdoors with his staff he who struck him shall be clear only he shall pay for the loss of his time and shall have him thoroughly healed okay so two men are fighting this is personal injury Mm -hmm. i would think so i think um so two men are fighting one of them gets hurt and he has to go lay down the other person who hurt him has to pay for the time that they lost what do they call that loss of wages yes so like if you hit if if the two men fighting if he hits him and he whatever he's out of commission for a few days yeah you've got to pay for loss of wages and emotional distress yeah is what i imagine injury um and he shall be thoroughly healed in terms of like he should pay he's got to pay for the medical costs i guess the incur the medical incursion yeah that makes sense yeah whatever happened absolutely um when a man strikes his slave, female or male, with a rod and the slave dies under his hand, he shall be avenged. But if the slave survives a day or two, he is not to be avenged, for the slave is his money. So this goes back to the fact that when you said earlier that they weren't property. Because in a yeah, way and that then they I took are. that back. Because in a way that they are. Yeah. You know, it's <sighs> terrible enough to say, but like... I guess not... Yeah. I guess employees... They're not property, but they are... Um, Like, how do you even word that? They're... An asset. They're, an asset. That's yes. a perfect way to put it. They're, it's, it would be like an employee you and an employer a tractor, today. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, yes. It would be like an employee and an employer today. Yes. You know, like when, when you're working for somebody, when you leave a job, there's a gap. Yeah. Yeah. 
So if the slave is immediately killed by the master in this brutality beating or whatever is going on, they have to be avenged. So they're only punished if the slave dies by their hand immediately. If not, if the slave does not die immediately, as in like a couple days go by, they have brain bleeding or, yeah, or whatever, whatever, and they pass away, then the master is not punished because it is thought the loss of money or property is enough punishment. Yeah. So the loss of person. that. So the loss of that employee, the void that they now have, that yes. he has to figure out what to do with, is his punishment. Yes. And I think the pu- I don't know what the punishment was because I I feel like if it was death, it would say death. It would be, yes. But it, it probably too, is like a lump sum of money or something or like something that. like that. Yeah. Or maybe well, you figure too, themselves. you're going to be losing out until you're able to mm-hmm. find a replacement. Yeah. You know. Whatever. So. This one about the pregnant women, my my head seriously hurts. It like, hurts it's so much. It's a lot. It is a lot. So, okay, let's, let's read it. Go ahead. Go ahead. When men strive together and hit a pregnant woman so that her children come out, but there is no harm, the one who hit her shall, shall surely be fine as the woman's husband shall impose on him and he shall pay as the judges determine. But if there is harm, you shall pay life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. Okay. Break it down into two parts. If men are fighting and they hit a pregnant lady. And it causes her to go into labor. Yes. And she has the baby. If it causes the woman to go into premature birth, um, but there is no harm to the, to the woman or to the baby. Or to the baby. They just have to pay a fine. Because they made the woman go into premature birth. Yeah, and probably pay for, again, like we said, whatever losses. Yes. Or whatever. Yeah. So, on the other hand, if there is harm, if there is a lasting harm, as in, like, the baby dies, or the woman dies, or... There's some type of defect. The baby was born too early, and they aren't fully developed yet. Like, something happens with the child or with the mother, there is lasting harm. It is life for life eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, whatever Mm -hmm. it says. So it's not literally saying that if the baby dies, that person also has to die. Because if you reference numbers 3531, there is a life fine. Like if you kill somebody, you can pay a fine, a life for a life. Let me read it. Paying a ransom for a life lost. Please. 3531. I'll read 30 and 31. If anyone kills a person, the murderer shall be put to death on the evidence of the witnesses, but no person shall be put to death on the testimony of one witness. Moreover, you shall accept no ransom for the life of a murderer who is guilty of death, but he shall be put to death. Ransom for the life of a murderer. There shall be no, you shall accept no ransom for the life of a murderer. So as in you cannot pay off to not have that person killed. If they are a murderer. In this instance, it's an accidental. Oh, yeah. It was not an intentional set out to kill exactly. the woman and or the baby. Exactly. Okay. So you I can see. have, you I if see. the baby dies, you can have a ransom for that life. Yes. As in that the person that accidentally hit the pregnant woman and the lady died, they don't have to die. They just have to pay a lump sum of money. It would kind of be like manslaughter. Kind of. It's not quite murder. Exactly. But somebody did die exactly. type of thing. I also have two. I thought this was really interesting. I'm not bringing this up for debate. I'm just reading you what 
my Bible <laughs> study portion says. Okay. For specifically, let me see what verses this is. Hold on, I have to go back. Um. Oh, I know what you're gonna say. Yes. Where? What verses is this though? Because this is from the study. Okay. Hold on. Sorry, I have the thing. I just want to. Oh, okay. For verses, is it thirty and twenty-one? Chapter twenty-one, verses twenty-two through twenty-five. Yep. A portion of the ex or of the study portion of my Bible I took out. It says, by either interpretation, the Old Testament attributes human personhood to the developing baby in the womb. I'm just going to leave that there. Mm -hmm. The law also distinguishes between death due to willful murder and death due to negligence. However, understood this law demonstrates the Bible's concern to protect life, including life in the womb. Yeah. So there's that. I know I was trying to find out where we were, where (laughs) I forget where we're at now. We're talking about we strike the pregnant woman. We strive together. Hi, guys. Welcome back. We took a little breather. So (laughs) (laughs) we left off on verse 26, right? When a man strikes, we go from talking about men fighting, pregnant women going into premature labor to when a man strikes the eye of his slave. Well, I mean, you were saying, you know, it doesn't really flow. It doesn't ebb and flow all that well, to be completely honest. Because it's not in slave. my opinion. I'm sure that there's there's obviously a yeah supernatural reason, yeah. or there's a reason that this is in the order the way that it yeah. is. So it talks about slaves, right? And it talks about how people become slaves and how they should only be here for a certain amount of time and they can go free, blah blah blah. And then it starts to talk about interpersonal relationships interactions interactions fights um things of the nature so like striking a man whoever strikes his mother or father whoever steals going back to that slave again whoever curses which also can mean strike Mm -hmm. um when men quarrel with each other and strikes another when man strikes his slaves when men strike a pregnant woman like he's talking about when people fight and what happens in those situations I don't know how that stems from slavery, I guess, because discipline, quote unquote, discipline. I guess. And then I don't know. I'm just trying to make it make sense. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. The Lord has not revealed to me yet why it is in the order in which it is in. Fine. But we gonna take it the way that it is. So when a man strikes the eye of his slave, male or female, and destroys it, he shall let the slave go free because of his eye. If he knocks out the tooth of his slave, male or female, he shall let the slave go because of his tooth. Hmm. Basically, cruelty equals immediate freedom. Yep. It says, instead, the laws give the behavior. Instead, the laws guide the behavior of the master, giving him incentive to protect and honor his slave, treating them more like an employee than a work animal. Exactly. And maybe this is a good a good part to read this. So this is, again, from theologyofwork.org. says... In any case, before we become too smug, we should take a look at the working conditions that prevail today among poor people in every corner of the world, including the developed nations. Ceaseless labor for those working two or three jobs to support families, abuse and arbitrary exercise of power by those in power, and misappropriation of the fruits of labor by illicit business operations, operators, corporate officials, and politically connected bosses, millions of Millions work today without so much as the regulations provided by the law of Moses. If it was God's will to protect Israel, 
from exploitation, even in slavery, what does God expect followers of Christ to do for those who suffer the same oppression and worse today? All I gotta say is the people who are up there in charge of a bunch of things are a bunch of Pharisees. I mean, but it's so like if everybody were to just follow the laws and I'm guilty of not following. I'm a sinner. I'm guilty of not following the laws, you know. Yeah. But if we truly had leaders who followed the rules or followed the laws given by God, how much better would things be? And I guess I'm just thinking too, like reading, what was that book that I read that I borrowed from you? And like that- Mouth. Yes. Uh, That- Handsome Mouth, Living in Bootstrap America by- I don't remember her name. Lisa something- I mean, really good book about poverty. It's so good. And like reading about that and how much labor and how much work that they're getting, that they are putting in. Mm-hmm. To get nothing. To get nothing. If any, any like if anything, they get Think about it. Think about like, it too. Like even, even, and in no ways am I making parallels between corporate America and modern slavery. Again, not even discussing modern slavery. No. In this at all whatsoever. No. no. But think about the slavery as like the job that these people were doing in that time mm-hmm. versus like how we work now. Then those people were getting shelter, food, clothing, everything Basic that they needed mm-hmm. provided by their quote master slash employer. Mm-hmm. What do you get from your employer now? nothing well you're supposed to get you're supposed to get a living wage that would provide for you the shelter the food and everything like that but yet that goes down into the deeper problem of living wages in america people have to work two three jobs to not even make a living wage that's what i'm saying it's like if if we were if everyone were to just yeah just listen if we could just do like even if it were not like a worldwide challenge a statewide or citywide challenge of following God's laws and God's rules for a day or a month even. Can't do that. To see the difference that that. it would make. I just... Okay. It's called the law of the separation of church and state. I... If it were to be any better from where it started, we would not have the book of Revelation. This is very true. It only gets worse. Very true. I mean, I hate to bring, I hate to be a Debbie Downer and I hate to be like, but that it's the truth. We all know we're living any person, but like we're living it. Things are not getting better. Oh no. They're, they're not going to worse. newsflash. They're not going to. <laughs> it's okay though, because we it's have hope. So and joy much better. So much better is coming. Anyway, that got deep really fast and it I apologize. Really but <laughs> I mean, like how Old Testament teachings applying directly to what is happening in our lives today everything in the bible applies directly i feel in some way shape or form absolutely why else would we have it why else would god have given it to us so moving on from that (laughs) more personal injury is it yep Mm -hmm. when an ox gores a man or a woman to death the ox shall be stoned (laughs) and its flesh shall not be eaten but the owner of the ox shall not be liable but but if the ox has been accustomed to gore in the past and its owner has been warned but has not kept it in and it kills a man or woman the ox shall be stoned and its owner also shall be put to death yeah because it's neglect on the owner's part to keep because the they're goring aware. ox they away know. from people yes yes 
Mm-hmm. So they willingly and willfully let the ox out knowing it's past history. It killed somebody. So you murdered someone in a sense. Yep. So, so death by death. Right. If a ransom is imposed on him, then he shall give for the redemption of his life whatever is imposed on him. What does yeah. that mean? So that's that that death penalty ransom. I don't understand that. Oh, okay. So it wasn't his he's not any he's not a direct murderer. So if a ransom is imposed on him, then he shall give for the redemption of his life whatever is imposed on him. So you can say you can go die or you can pay me $100. Okay. Okay. Pay me a hundred dollars. Okay. <laughs> you know? Can I make payments? Do you finance? <laughs> Back it, to the whole yeah, goring, um, I hate yeah. like what if it gores a man's son or daughter, he shall be dealt with according to the same rule. If the ox gores a slave, male or female, the owner shall give to their master thirty shekels of silver, and the ox shall be stoned. Basically, you're going to have to pay for what was not directly your fault, but it is your fault. The damages. Yeah. The damages that is incurred by your ox. Exactly. And in every case, the ox dies. It does. And the meat cannot be eaten. Correct. So that is also... A pay- a, it's a, a punishment. It's yeah. a punishment. Yeah. All right. Next goes into laws about restitution. So that's kind of going back to the same thing of like that negligence side yeah. of things mm-hmm. with the ox if, yeah. the, if the owner knew that it would kill people before like and let it out anyway laws of restitution yes when a man opens a pit when a man digs a pit and does not cover it and an ox or donkey falls into it the owner of the pit shall make restoration he shall give money to its owner and the deal the dead beast shall be his i'm wondering if it would be the same amount of money to purchase a live ox or donkey than it would be to kill one with the pit or if it would be cheaper like i I can't afford to purchase a live ox and donkey to kill it for food but i can dig a hole and let it fall in there and then i'll just pay the guy less money for food (laughs) you get what i'm saying i feel like that would go with (laughs) back to bearing false witness maybe Maybe. being being covetous of what your neighbor has they have the fox the fox (laughs) what does the fox say okay um <laughs> we're taking that out being please being covetous of your neighbor's ox i guess or donkey i guess anyway because if you do it on purpose there's an issue you're if you do if you dig a pit for the purpose of obtaining why would you dig a pit <laughs> i didn't live there okay maybe, maybe remember the predators were... remember the predators you told me about a like way yes because they did that yeah remember the whole we're for. gonna get to that a little bit later in there too because being what oh my goodness what is the name of the book mark somebody wrote it the bible um no <laughs> being is it being stuck in a pit with a lion on a snowy day or something like that or chasing what? the lion into it's this really and we're going to get into it whenever we get into the old testament it's about this really elite group of warriors and this one guy i forget his name like i said we'll get to it way down the road in the old testament chases down a lion and he gets stuck with the lion in the pit on a snowy day and like he wins he kills the lion with his bare hands anyway you just don't make men like again, that anymore for, speak for yourself i married <laughs> oh one. My God. yeah like anthony could kill a freaking lion with his bare hands no. he could. <laughs> um okay yeah so you, you got to pay for your damage basically 
When one man's ox butts another's, so it dies, then they shall sell the live ox and share its price. The dead beast they shall also share. Or if it's unknown that the ox has been accustomed to gore in the past and its owner has not kept it in, no. Or if it is known that the ox has been accustomed to gore in the past and its owner has not kept it in, he shall repay ox for ox and the dead beast shall be his. Again, you're responsible for your actions. Exactly. And the actions of your animals. Yeah. If you know things about them. Exactly. That was 21. And I feel like we have just ran a marathon. I, seriously. I'm like mentally exhausted. It, yeah. And it keeps going. It so does. 22 is exactly the same. And 23 pretty well is the basically the same too. So 22 has a breakdown from Enduring Word, I think, um, talking about what laws we're talking about in 22. So the law and stealing, the law and responsibility, ownership and borrowing, the law and virginity, sorcery, bestiality and idolatry, compassion for the stranger and the disadvantaged and compassion for the poor. So a lot more interesting topics other than slaves. Yeah. Because outside of that, we don't like that. If a man, 22 verse 1, if a man steals an ox or a sheep and kills it or sells it, he shall repay five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. So if you steal one, you're paying back 500%. Right? Or 400%. I highlighted this in my Bible just because I think that that's, I just thought it was good. It's, it's just perfect. fascinating. It's perfect. Like, But in today's society, thieves are rarely caught, which is a whole other issue. I cannot stand a thief. That's one thing I cannot stand. My theory has officially become, because again, I can't control what somebody else does or does not take, as if you have to steal something of mine, you obviously need it more than I do. I mean, that's true. But like at the same time, I cannot stand a thief. No. No. Like. And don't worry. They're don't the pigeons worry. of society. God is just. Sky rides. Sky rides. God is just. I'm saying, why sky, are their heads so small? You sky, never answered me. Rats. Why sky. are pigeons' heads so small? I don't know. Their brains are tiny. Okay. If a thief is found breaking in and is struck so that he dies, there shall be no blood guilt for him. Okay. But if the sun has risen on him, there shall be blood guilt for him. So it's saying if you caught a thief in the night and you killed him with reasonable force, with reasonable force. Um, there is no blood it's guilt. It's fine. It's fine. You did your duty. You couldn't really tell. It was dark. Sure. You were scared in the dark. And you just used what was around. Mm -hmm. If you find him in the daylight, though, the force needs to be less because it's daytime. And you can and see. And you're not as scared. So if you do kill him in the day, that's that's not okay. There's blood guilt there. My Bible says... A property owner had the right to protect his property with force, but only with reasonable force. The assumption was that if it was daylight, the property owner had the ability to defend himself short of lethal force. That's yes. That's why I was like reasonable force. <laughs> I mean, which when you think about it, I can't I don't remember. I remember very vaguely learning about this in Sunday school class in Pennsylvania. So I don't know if it's a Pennsylvania rule or a Pennsylvania law, but if if someone breaks into your house and they have a knife mm -hmm. and they come at you with a knife, but you shoot them, mm -hmm. you're going to be in, in a little bit more trouble because they only had a knife and you had a gun. So I think in the state where we reside, 
I think the law is that if a person breaks into your house or comes onto your property, yeah, you're right. Intent, I know what you're going to say with the intent to steal or to you, to cause you yeah. harm, mm-hmm. you have the right, right to shoot to, them to protect them to protect, protect yourself and protect, protect your property exactly in any way that in any way sh- shape or form but now I, now if that person is found to be shot from behind that's manslaughter so basically if they are running and you shoot them you can't do that if you sneak up on them say their name or yell hey so they turn around then pull the trigger I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say you should stage a crime scene, because that's really what that is. But I really feel like to. It's also gonna go case by case when you get to court. I think defend yourself with reasonable force. So, anyway, if your force is a gun, maybe they should have thought twice before breaking into your house. Right. I just. I'm just saying. If he has nothing, then. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my head. <laughs> this episode, man. <laughs> it's so dry. Well, I shouldn't say it's so dry, but it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's so like, because like we said, I can't remember if it was at the beginning of this episode or like, like the in the last of episode. Is like this, though. It's very like. Apologies, listeners. Yeah. It's very like you said. Like I said, I can't remember if it was in the last episode or at the beginning of this one. These are not the hard lines because there is so much open space. Oh, yeah. They're guidelines. Exactly. There's so much you have to go over. Like, read exactly. Read between the lines are, but... There's so many scenarios in which any of these could be applicable. Right. Moving on, though. If he has nothing, then, he shall be sold for his theft. If the stolen beast is found alive in his possession, whether in an ox or a donkey or a sheep, he shall pay double. Okay. Self-explanatory, I think. If a man causes a field or vineyard to be grazed over or lets his beast loose and it feeds in another man's field, he shall make restitution from the best in his own field and in his own vineyard. Mind you, restitution just means repayment. Exactly. So... You have to pay for what you're... What you destroyed, basically. Yep. What yep. was destroyed, what you were responsible for having destroyed, whether it was you or your, your livestock. Exactly. If fire breaks out and catches in thorns so that the stacked grain or the standing grain or the field is consumed, he who started the fire shall make full restitution. Again, you've got to pay for what you destroyed. What if it was struck by lightning? <laughs> We've got bigger issues then. The issue <laughs> right? is not the burnt grain. If we've learned anything, the issue is not something is happening there. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. All right. If a man gives to his neighbor money or goods to keep Now we're getting into loans. We're getting into correct. We're getting into ownership and borrowing. Okay. If a man gives to his neighbor money or goods to keep safe and it is stolen from the man's house, then if the thief is found, he shall pay double as before. If the thief is not found, the owner of the house shall come near to God to show whether or not he has put his hand to his neighbor's property. For every breach of trust, whether it is for an ox or for a donkey, for a sheep or for a cloak or for any kind of lost thing, which one says this is it. Turning a page. The case of both parties shall come before God. The one whom God condemns shall pay double to his neighbor. Basically, God knows. Yeah, when it says comes, like, to, when it says come, come before God, 
They mean before the judges, correct? Before the judges. And the judges are, are before God. Are, are like before coming Moses, from God. Who's yeah. Before God. Exactly. Yes. So they're God's gonna obviously give them he's obviously armed these people. By these people I mean the chiefs and the judges. Mm-hmm. I guess if that's what you if that's what we're calling them judges, with the power of discernment. They're gonna be able to tell. They're, God's gonna reveal to them in some supernatural way, whether it's like, you know how when people are lying they have a tell. Oh yeah. Whether it's they're able to pick up on that or whatever, they're going to know who's telling the truth and who isn't. So anyway, that's what that's what's happening. Basically, if you're lying, you're paying double. Yep. Just like a thief would. Yes. If a man gives to his neighbor a donkey or an ox or a sheep or any beast to keep safe and it dies or is injured or is driven away without anyone seeing it, an oath by the Lord shall be between them both to see whether or not it has been put whether or not he has put his hands to his neighbor's property. The owner shall accept the oath, and he shall not make restitution. But if it is stolen from him, he shall make restitution to its owner. If it is torn by beasts, let him bring it as evidence. He shall not make restitution for what has been torn. Mm -hmm. Basically, if you can't control it, then it's fine. Yes. But if you did something, well... I guess we're going to read that next. I'm jumping the gun. Yep. If a man borrows anything of his neighbor and is injured or dies, the owner does not, the owner not being with it, he shall make full restitution. If the owner was with it, he shall not make restitution. If it was hired, it came for his hiring fee. Huh? If a man borrows anything of his neighbor, okay, and it's injured or it dies, yep, the owner wasn't with it, it was with the neighbor, the owner shall make full or the borrower shall make full restitution. If the owner was with it, he shall not make restitution. If it was hired, it came it for came its hiring, hiring fee. fee. Okay. So basically like you need to borrow one of my ox oxen to, I don't know, plow field or something and it dies. Mm-hmm. You have to pay me for it. Mm-hmm. But if it dies and I have it, then no, you don't have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. But if you paid to use it and it dies, then that's okay because you paid me already for it. Yeah, and it's the hiring fee. I don't have to pay anything else. Correct. Mm -hmm. Kind of like a security deposit. Exactly. Okay. Wow. Laws about social justice. Because we haven't had that already. (laughs) If a man seduces a virgin who is not betrothed and lies with her, he shall give the bride price for her and make her his wife. If her father utterly refuses to give her to him, he shall pay money equal to the bride price for the virgins. You know, that's moving on to the next thing. So, I mean, I think that's self-explanatory. It is. But did you know bride prices for non-virgins is less than bride prices for virgins? I had assumed that. So that's why they distinguish that it's going to be the bride price for the virgin. Because you're the one who made her not a virgin. The father utterly refuses. Then, yes, you have to pay the bride price for a virgin, which... I feel like in most cases, the father should utterly refuse. You would think so. You would think. It's fine. Okay. Okay. This next one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should not permit a sorceress to live. I think the Salem Witch Trials was very heavily based in this verse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Burn her. At the stake. No. Yeah. Okay. Like, 
but seriously, I mean, that's what it is. Magic, witches. Sorceress. So actually, enduring words. Oh, good. About it. Among the ancients, the practice of sorcery had two associations. First, contact with dark or demonic powers or Mm, persons. Good. Second, altered states through drugs and poisons. There was understood to be a connection between drug taking and occultist practices. Makes sense. The law shows that such communication is possible and the penalty shows that it is dangerous. That it, that if you do drugs, you can reach no, demonic no, no, no. spirits? Well, that too. But uh, if you um, have contact with dark or demonic powers or persons, that that whole thing, you can contact dark or demonic, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I feel like if we talk about it too much, this is not good. Um, uh, yeah. Don't feed <laughs> it's it possible and dangerous. Um, Yeah. So the sorceress who contacts dark... She would dark summon and, them. Not she, because it could be anybody. It's true. Sorceress in this context is men and female okay so but anyway yeah it's it's practicing magic is what it is yeah exactly magic that and they didn't want people just handing out drugs also (laughs) correct so um next one whoever lies with an animal shall be put to death i don't think it's self-explanatory is it is it though don't have sex with animals is it I don't know how else to say called? that. Bestiality. Bestiality. Don't do it. Why would you want? You know what? Let's not we're touch. Not even, we're not nope, talking about. Nope. Whoever sacrifices to any god other than the Lord alone shall be devoted to destruction. Devoted to destruction. That is set apart as an offering to the Lord for destruction. You will become a human sacrifice. Good. Love that for them. Well. You want to sacrifice to other gods? I'm going to sacrifice you. He warned us he is a jealous God. He is. So you shall not wrong a sojourner. What is that, Whitney? A mixture between a soldier and a sojourner? A soldier? No. Sojourner? A sojourner. Or oppress him, for you are sojourners in the land of Egypt. Okay. Right? Do we need to? That's okay. Kupkumka. I guess I really, I had highlighted this one as well because I liked this one. You shall not mistreat any widow or fatherless child. If you do mistreat them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry and my wrath will burn and I will kill you with the sword and your wives shall become widows and your children fatherless. I like that one too. Don't um, pray on the weak. No, no. Don't and do it. It's, it's a whole eye for an eye thing. It's yes. It's a thousand percent eye for an eye in those verses right there. Where is it? Do not mistreat them, and they will cry out to me. I'll hurry mm-hmm. cry in my wrath. You will burn, and I will kill you with the sword. And your wives shall become widows, and your children fatherless. Exactly. Like so eye for an eye. What you laughed about, mm-hmm. now they now will be. They, exactly. Um, I did have, I want to go back a little bit to the, oh, the sorceress and the, the bestiality yeah, and uh, the sacrifices. Yes. Um, my Bible says, these rules each carry the penalty of death because they are con- contrary to Israel being a holy people who worship a holy God. The presence of a sorceress, having sex with an animal, and offering sacrifices to other gods are all things that make Israel unclean and are reasons that the Lord is about to judge the nations in Canaan. Makes sense. Which is in Leviticus. So we'll get there. Makes perfect sense. Okay, moving on. Um, If you lend money to any of my people with you who is poor... You shall not be like a moneylender to him and you shall not extract interest from him. So basically, if you if somebody were to come to you and say, I need, I don't know, 
I don't know how I need five shekels and you give them five shekels. They're not paying you back six shekels. He's talking about my people. So if anybody from the Israelite people try to borrow money from you, you're not going to charge them interest. You're not going to be a debt collector for them. They're going to they will pay you back what they borrowed. Exactly. So no. And that also was put there, too, because obviously to protect the people that are borrowing it, because how can they get what they need if they have to pay you back what they borrowed plus more exactly so 23 <clears> percent <throat> interest on some credit cards just letting you know listen um if you ever take your neighbor's cloak and pledge you shall return it to him before the sun goes down for that is his only covering and it is his cloak for his body and what else shall he sleep if you borrow clothes give him back before the end of the day yeah so i had something on that and a lot of times people would give their outer cloak as collateral oh for like repayment so like i promise i'll pay you back and to show you that i'm gonna pay you back here's my the shirt off my back mm -hmm, type of thing so interesting yeah because i was like what so that i did kind of look into Mm -hmm. um and if he cries to me i'll hear him for i am compassionate you should not revile god nor curse a ruler of your people shall not rival god or curse a ruler, a ruler of your, of your people. people. I mean, the second half I struggle with sometimes. I mean, I think, too, when he's talking about curse a ruler of your people, I think he is... Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm thinking, like, a God-appointed ruler. Maybe. Because do you think... Well, not for discussion on the podcast, I guess. <laughs> not that I'm... You know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. You shall not delay to offer from the fullness of your harvest and from the outflow of your presses. The firstborn of your sons you shall give to me. You shall do the same with your oxen and with your sheep. Seven days it shall be with its mother. On the eighth day you shall give it to me. Now this kind of goes back to the consecration that we talked about when we were learning about the Passover and things before the exodus actually occurred, right? Yep. Yep. The consecration of the firstborns after the exodus. It's after the Exodus, though. Yeah, but they talk they about, talk it, before, about it before. But he, it's after yes, the Exodus. Yes, yeah. But they talked about it before. That you have to, is what I'm talking about. We talked about redeem, it a couple episodes ago. You have to redeem the firstborn. Yes. And consecrate it to God. Exactly. You shall be consecrated to me, therefore you shall not eat any flesh that is torn by beasts in the field, and you shall throw it to the dogs. Yeah. So, like, I mean, the previous verse goes back to the the first and the best of what you have. The That first principle that was defined in genesis with cain and abel like yeah. the first and the best of what you have is supposed to be given to god exactly so i have uh the giving of the firstborn is done through redemption because you're we talked that the we're not sacrificing our firstborns here no you would pay money, money. in mm-hmm. place of that yep i just thought that that was redemption yes the firstborn so that they can be redeemed yes Jesus paid it all. Yes. Okay. Um, and then the whole not eating the torn flesh of the animals um, is because, at least this is what I think anyway, God is preparing like his people, right? I mean, I guess we're going to read it here in the next chapter, but the promised land into Canaan, he's giving the people some of these laws to prepare them for when they go into the promised land. Yes. God has set his people apart. One of the biggest things that he has shown us or shown them that set them apart is the fact that they are clean and the whole not eating the torn flesh of animals is differentiating us or the israelites between animals and us as are they basically saying you're not supposed to eat roadkill 
Yeah. Okay. Or like if you or like if you I don't know I don't know what livestock if you have a goat and the goat is attacked by a wolf and the goat is dead you don't eat it. Which is also like because it's good unclean like good clinical not clinical but like nutritional practice. Um. Yeah. Multiple reasons. Multiple reasons. So he's continuing to keep his people holy. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um. That was the end of twenty two. It was. Whew. One more to go, y'all. One yeah. more to go. This is a pretty short one. Is it? It's longer than tw- it's longer than twenty two. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I I feel like a lot of it's kind of anyway. Yes. You should not spread a false report. You should not oh, join. Wait. Oh, sorry. Enduring word breaks yes. down. The oh, law and peer pressure, kindness towards others, the law and the Sabbath year, the law of and the feasts and the law. And God's promise. Okay. Back to the verses. Yes. We just talked about you shall not spread a false report. You shall not join hands with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. You shall not fall in with the many to do evil, nor shall you bear witness in a lawsuit siding with the many so as to pervert justice, nor shall you be partial to a poor man in his lawsuit. Basically, no biases and don't set out to do wickedness. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't do it. If you know it's wrong, don't do it. But you know it's wrong. Like, there's an innate sense of what's right and what's wrong. Exactly. So, there you go. Don't do it. If you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you shall bring it back to him. If you see the donkey of one of if you see the donkey of one who hates you lying down under its burden you shall refrain from leaving it leaving him with it you shall rescue it with him help your enemies exactly love love your neighbor as yourself that includes everybody everybody your enemies which is hard yes you shall not pervert the justice due to your poor in his lawsuit Keep far from a false charge and do not kill the innocent and righteous, for I will not quit the wicked. Again, with quitting the wicked. Mm-hmm. God knows. Mm-hmm. Don't you? You know what's right and you know what's wrong. Do what's right in God's eyes. And he shall take no bribe, for a bribe blinds the clear-sighted and subverts the cause of those who are in the right. You shall not oppress a sojourner. Here we go with this word. You shall not oppress a sojourner. You know the heart of the sojourner, for you were sojourners <laughs> in the land of Egypt. You give me all the hard words. You shall not oppress a sojourner. You know that the heart. You know the heart of a sojourner, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. The heart of a sojourner. You know the heart of the sojourner. Also translates to you know the life of a sojourner. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know. Do not oppress them. You were once them. Remember yeah. where remember where you came from. Exactly. Um, these are about the next ones are about the Sabbath and festivals. They are. So for six years you shall sow your land and gather its yield, but the seventh year you shall let it rest and lie fallow, that the poor of your people may eat. And what that they leave mm, and what they leave the beasts of the field may eat. You shall do likewise with your vineyard and with your olive orchard. So it's crop rotation. Mm-hmm. Is what it is. And actually, I read somewhere that they didn't actually do this. They had like plots of land that were rotated and rested every other whatever, but it wasn't like all their land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I so. know what you're saying. From pe- this, I feel farmers like still all, do that. Yeah. Six days you shall do your work, but on the seventh day you shall rest, that your ox and your donkey may have rest, the son of your servant woman and the alien, the alien, may be refreshed. <laughs> yes. Sabbath, keep it holy. Correct. Yet again. Correct. Pay attention to all that I have said to you and make no mention of the names of other gods, nor let it be heard on your lips. Monotheism. Correct. Yet again. God is a jealous God. Yes. No gods before him. Mm-hmm. Three times in the year you shall keep a feast to me. You shall keep the feast of the unleavened bread as I commanded you. You shall eat unleavened bread for seven days at the appointed time in the month of Abib. For in it you came out of Egypt. None shall appear before me empty handed. You shall keep the feast of the harvest. (laughs) You shall keep the feast of the harvest of the first fruits of your labor of what you sow in the field. You shall keep the feast of ingathering at the end of the year when you gather in the in from when you gather in from the field, the fruit of your labor three times in the year shall all your males appear before the Lord God. Yes. So he's talking about the feast of unleavened bread. He's talking about the first fruits and the end gathering. Mm-hmm. Those are the three times a year that they're supposed to get together, have a feast and party. Yes. Basically. More to come on those in Leviticus. Okay. Good deal. Yes. Um, you shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with anything leavened or let the fat of my feast remain until morning. The beasts of the first fruits of your ground. No. Yes. The best of the first fruits of your ground shall you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. I had a problem with the boiling of the goat. <laughs> Please tell me what you find out because... It says, this strange sounding command was actually a command to not imitate a common pagan fertility ritual. The Canaanite text shows us, shows this to be a magic spell. Magic spell. So the prescription is more ritual than humane. It was a custom of the ancient heathens... <laughs> When they had, this is from Enduring Word, by the way. This is a custom of the ancient heathens when they had gathered in all their fruits to take a kid, which is a baby goat, baby goat, and boil it in the milk of its dam, which is his mom, and then in a magical way go about and besprinkle it with all their trees and fields and gardens and orchards, thinking that by these means to make them fruitful, they may bring forth more abundantly in the following year. But because of strange rabbinic, rab, <laughs> rabbinical, rabbi, nickel. That kind of bread? No, like rabbis instituted it. Rabbinical. Uh, well, I'm not saying it right. Okay. <laughs> it's spelled R-A-B-B-I-N-I-C-A-L. Rabbinic, I don't know. Rabbinical? Rabbinical? I don't know. Rab- whatever. Made up by the rabbis. Today, this command is the reason why an observant Jew cannot eat kosher eat a kosher cheeseburger observant juice today will not eat milk and meat at the same time at the same meal or even on the same plates with the same utensils cooked in the same pots because the rabbis insisted that the meat and the hamburger may have come from the calf of the cow that gave the milk for the cheese and the cheese and the meat would boil together in one stomach and be a violation of this command in the New Testament, we will see Jesus literally telling the Pharisees and the scribes and everybody that you're taking this way too freaking literally. Yeah. Boom, right there it is. This law also speaks of keeping distance between a mother and the death of her offspring. Mayor says, which is a uh, commentator, Mayor says that this law was meant to 
to inculcate a tender, tender appreciation of the natural order and of the relation subsisting between the mother and her offspring. It was against nature to make a mother an accomplice in the death of her child. Boom. Okay. That, that was, was a lot. lot. That was a lot with the boil of the kid and the, and the milk. But it's basically saying it was a pagan ritual magic show, whatever, that made them think that their fruit and their orchard and their crop and grain, whatever, would bear more abundantly if they did this. Uh, okay. So that's why it's there. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. Behold, I sent an angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. Pay careful attention to him and obey his voice. Do not rebel against... Yeah. Do not rebel against him, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. But if you carefully obey his voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. I'm sorry. That's Jesus. I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> I'm like, should I whisper it? No. Give Jesus. her a minute. Jesus. Jesus. Well, my angel goes before you. Wait, did you have anything to say? Enduring word says we only know a few angels by name yes and in a sense michael and gabriel mm -hmm. each have the name of god in their name but mm -hmm. neither michael nor gabriel command this kind of obedience Correct. from israel or presume to sit in judgment over them this is the specific angel of the lord jesus appearing in the old testament before his incarnation in bethlehem who often speaks directly as the lord correct boom bam when my angel goes before you and brings you to the Amorites, in the Hittites, in the Perizzites, oh, yeah, sure. and the Canaanites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I blot them out. You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do as they do, but you shall utterly overthrow them and break their pillars in pieces. You shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from among you. None shall miscarry or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my terror before you and will throw into confusion all the people against whom you shall come. And I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivites and the Canaanites and the Hittites from before you. I will not drive them out from before you in one year lest the land become desolate and the wild beasts multiply against you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and possessed the land. And I will set your border from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines and from the wilderness to the Euphrates. For I will give you, no, for I will give the inhabitants of the, of the land into your hand and you shall drive them out before you. You shall make no covenant with them in their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. Bam. God is telling them what he's going to do, how, how he's, he's going to do, do it, it, and why he's doing exactly. it. Exactly. Like, you cannot be more clear than that. I was just going to say that it doesn't get any clearer or as plain as day as God spelling out for them what he's going to do. Little by little. I like that. Little by little. That he's he's driving out their enemies little by little. Because if they did it all at once, there would be ramifications that they could not foresee. Yeah. Even beyond the desolate land and the beasts and all that stuff, I'm sure. But like, think about it in today's society. Like, in your life today. 
driving out your enemies little by little because if they did it all at once, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have anything else. And that brings us to the end of 23. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. <clears throat> Me either. Um, For our favorite verse, we had Exodus 23, verse 21. Or no, I'm sorry, 20 through 21. Favorite verse Behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. Pay careful attention to him and obey his voice. Do not rebel against him, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. Yes. And much like... Jesus of the Old Testament. Jesus of the New Testament has gone before us to prepare a place for us. He is with us always. Doesn't get any better than that. Nope. That's why it's our favorite bird. So, on the next episode, we will be discussing Exodus chapters 24 through 26, and that will be up next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed the time we spent in God's Word, and we hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.